Welcome back to another episode of Without Boundaries. It's your host, DB, bringing it to you with my co-host, T-Sis. Say what's up to the people, T-Sis. What's up, yo? Yes, sir. And we are back and better with another episode. Um, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus, but besides that, um, we've been trying to get a lot of a lot of technical issues situated. And it has been one hell of a time with these technical issues. I will tell you that. Yes, it yeah, has been. It's, it's <laughs> definitely, it's been a battle. It's been a battle. But uh, yeah, without further ado, then yeah, welcome to another episode of Without Boundaries. There's a lot that has happened in the time frame that we've been gone. Um, you know, Olympics is going on. Uh, you know, we got some stuff going on there. Uh, NBA free agency has just happened. Started uh, up a couple couple hours ago. In all honesty, I think what started at twelve o'clock last night, right? No, it started at six today. But they've been, of course, they talk ahead of time on the low so yeah yeah so we got some free agency news um we got some more uh you know just overall world news and stuff that's going on with covid um you know some black lives matter stuff that we're um that we can talk about um so yeah um without further ado then tyrone why actually go get my charger um to go ahead plug in my computer go ahead give the people an update on what's been going on and i'm gonna go get my charger for my bag <laughs> real quick all right well you talking about with me or just, just yeah just with you because you got a lot of success dripping off you right now stop it bro nah it just uh just a lot of a uh, lot of opportunities are coming up uh in the not only in the acting field but in the modeling field so got a short film i'm uh i'm going to be in uh coming up in september i believe it's going to come out uh the trailer just got released for it um not too long ago I'll give you more details on it on a different date because uh, right now um, I can't think too much of it right now. But, yeah, I got that. And uh, also, uh, you know, some some modeling opportunities came open with the runway and stuff like that. So, yeah, we got had a few things going on, but uh, still enjoying working with my boy here. So we're going we're gonna to make time out for this, too. So yes, for all y'all who don't know, Tyrone, Tyrone's a whole model. Uh, Tyrone be out here, <laughs> chest out. Don't know, bruh. So that so those pictures. <laughs> Tyrone, Tyrone's a full fledged model, y'all. Y'all, y'all, y'all listen to this voice on this podcast. Y'all think he's soft spoken, nice and innocent, whole time. Tyrone out here showing off his chestesses, walking on the beach. Stop it, nah. Those, those were those were. Uh... <laughs> y'all, y'all remember this conversation right here? The the on without boundaries podcast before Tyrone get big. Tyrone was out here. Tyrone had a picture. Where he was eating grapes and drinking wine, probably somewhere out there. I would. I not know you lies, yo, ladies and gentlemen. He is. I would not put it past Tyrone. <laughs> they was feeding him grapes. There on is the sofa, no such photo. Pouring wine <laughs> into his mouth. I said, Tyrone, what is negative. this? No, he, he's that type it. of model. He's he's uh, 
what's the top modeling agency out here? What was it like? Um, Calvin Klein or something? Uh, 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 Prada, Gucci, like, all that. I used to have an agency a, a, a few years ago, but um, no longer with it. But I'm trying to get back into it. I got the itch to get back into it last year, and um, all of a sudden, I just started getting calls or messages on um, on my social media page and say, "Hey, you still do this stuff?" I was like, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. I've, I've been getting the itch to get back into it and so i haven't really had to look too far um to to get these opportunities because one yeah. once one hit hit another one did um went went with it as well and um i had a guy uh his name is isaiah shout out to isaiah he uh told me he was like look man i'm about to end this i'm bit this about to be my last runway gig he's like are you planning on doing this you know even, even more i was like yeah so mm-hmm. uh and then he gave me a bunch of contacts. And so, of course, when you want something, you got to put some effort into it. So I messaged mm-hmm. all the contacts and then I got, you know, some, you know, messages back from everybody else. So since then, um, you know, it's been pretty easy getting work. I mean, I'm not I'm not taking it for granted, though, because I do remember there was a time where I wasn't getting any work. So I'm grateful for anything and everything that I'm getting right now. And it's just yeah. been keeping me busy. And, uh, you know, I got a couple other things coming up in the fall, too. So. Uh, we'll see how it goes, and um, I, I'm just enjoying the ride, man. So, yeah. oh, that's good, then. How's it? Yeah. How does it feel then? Because, um, you know, modeling, you know, it is a very you know popular industry. You know, how does it mm-hmm. feel to be, you know, a black male model in the industry? Because I don't, I mean, you know, I'm not too familiar with modeling, but I'm pretty sure that's not too many, you know, black models out there that's actually big and successful. Well, in, just just a field, so. Yeah, well, just alone being a male model, a lot of a lot of I've been hearing from photographers that I've dealt with. They was like they like working with me because uh, they don't get they mainly get the females. They don't get a lot of male models they're working with right now. So mm-hmm. um, just to have that is good. But um, just um, just trying to build my confidence back up with it too, because you know, you, you know, being away from it for a while and then you you lose a step and you're trying to trying to get a feel back for what you you know how it was and trying to remember some of the things that you learned and just trying to build confidence back up to not have to ask to, cause a photographer will tell you they, they like a, a model who just doesn't need any help in any direction, you know, to do what they got to do. You know, it makes a, it makes a lot easier on the photographer. They don't have to tell them what to do. They can yeah. just do what they do with me right now. I need a little direction <laughs> cause it's been mm-hmm. a while. So, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, I was just at the that full. Yeah, exactly. I was just at the beach and I was like, man, I said, what you got, what you need, bro? He was like, he said, man, you at the beach, just do you. <laughs> I was like, okay, let me, let me try to, let me try to figure. So he gave me a few pointers here and there and then, you know, helped out a little bit. So I'm still, still trying to, trying to get a feel for it. And, and also, you know, um, same thing with the runway. I've been doing, I've done a, about three runways this year. Mm. So, and I got probably about another three to go this year at least. So uh, we're, we're going to see how it goes and, Hopefully, uh, is up, you know, nowhere up, nowhere to go but up, um, for this. So, mm. and uh, we'll see with this podcast too, man. We try, I'm trying to be multi-dimensional, be good on the podcast, be good in modeling, be good in acting. Um, I do like acting. Uh, probably people ask me modeling, acting. I mean, either one to get me under the in the um, in the door, foot in the door. I don't mind either one, or for yeah. you know, print modeling as well. Print modeling, I like doing that too. Acting gives you a little bit more leeway to just do extra stuff. Like I like, I love it when a director tells me just, just, you know, ad lib if you want. I'm like, all right, bet. Especially if it's a funny atmosphere you're supposed to be in. So, yeah. yeah so I, I, I definitely, 
yeah, more creative control. I definitely enjoy it. So, cause that's what I did with the short film thing. It was just, you know, I didn't have many lines. I had two lines in it, but the director was like, you know, mm-hmm. make it your own. So there's a few ad libs. Now I don't know if they made the cut for the scene, but there are a few ad libs that I just, I just, I just did off the cuff. I just, I just enjoyed it, had fun, and and I loved um, working with my uh, co-stars and you know just being a you know because I was just a supporting actor to the main character, so. I was playing yeah. the brother to the main character. So it was real, it was real cool. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Like I said, the trailer just got released this past weekend. I'll give y'all more information on it. But uh Yeah, go ahead, plug it in, man. Go ahead, plug it in. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. We we'll get it straight once I once I get my 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 uh facts straight on it, because I don't want to sell y'all something that ain't but I do believe it's coming out in September. So we'll uh mm-hmm. we'll work with it when it comes. So yes, sir. So y'all be on the lookout for TC's. The new box office uh thriller coming out, man. Y'all stay tuned uh, for that. Be... No, we are. What you say, uh, Tyrone? Yeah, yeah, audio is um going out right now, Tyrone. Hello. Uh, All right, now you hear me? Yeah, yeah. We just had a little problem right there. We're good. Huh? No, no, you're good. I was just saying that they came. Uh, they are trying to ship it for, you know, make it an episodic series from what I'm being told. So they're, you know, emailing the script to different people and they said they love the trailer. So we're trying to see what goes on from there. Hopefully it gets a little backing from it to make it into some more. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I think it's about to be about a 15 to 20 minute film. So, and yeah. uh, the lady who wrote it, uh, um, she, you know, this is her first uh you know, production from my, my understanding. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I enjoyed it. So I think, you know, I think it was good. So we'll see how it goes. So. Uh, yes, sir, man. Go ahead and be great, bro. Always good to see some uh, black excellence out here, man. So yeah, go ahead and continue to strive, bro. Your Appreciate stuff. it, man. Yeah, keep, uh, keep us updated on the pod about it. For sure. But uh, yeah, man, good stuff. I love to hear it. Um, so let's go ahead and turn to to some news today on the podcast. First things first, let's give y'all the updates on what's going on in the world. Uh, COVID nineteen, as you know, is still going on. Uh, the Delta variant is still uh running rampant out here. I believe the cases have went up uh every day, almost uh in the eighty percentile. I think, if I remember correctly. Um, I know Florida about a day or two ago had the most cases it reported in the past couple of days or past couple of weeks, actually, with like, a, I think a thousand new cases or something along those lines. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's kind of getting crazy out here with this Delta variant, man. So, you know, if you haven't gotten vaccinated yet, you know, be sure to get vaccinated if you want to. If you don't want to get vaccinated, you know, completely your choice, just wear your mask. Uh, make sure you just, you know, stay clean, social distance all that good stuff because, you know, lo and behold, you know, you know, everyone thought we were out, you know, tunnel at the end, you know, ready to go on out there and experience life. And here, you know, you know, the variant that came over here and kind of messed up a lot of people's plans. So, you know, I don't think we're going to have that free time that everyone was thinking we're going to have just because everyone is starting to trend to get vaccinated, especially because I think the vaccination numbers on a steady uh, halt right now, because a lot of people are, um, you know, real hesitant to still get it. You know, they want to, you know, get it FDA approved. They want to, you know, know a little bit more information on it. They want to see, does it actually work? You know, a lot of people are under the assumption that if you get vaccinated, you're not supposed to get COVID at all. And a lot of people are seeing that you can still get the variant and COVID. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are reluctant to take it. If that's the fact, when the whole point of the vaccine is to kind of mitigate 
the you know reaction that your body has to the vaccine is supposed to keep you out of the hospital and keep you you know from ultimately you know dying so you know that's that's the more intentional reason to get the vaccine but you know you know it's, it's just kind of public opinion at that point but yeah you know just stay uh stay masked up stay six feet apart um make sure that you know you you washing your hands use hand sanitizer all that good stuff you know and just be smart be safe you know like i said it's it's not going to end anytime soon because it's going to start with us and if we're not following the proper guidelines procedures then you know we we can kiss a normal life goodbye and this will be the new normal life so you know just just stay on your heads up when it comes to this delta variant yeah i've been seeing uh also especially in this area in virginia uh the kids are starting to get covid more too and um I believe they're going to start um, if I if I've heard correctly, they're going to probably start giving uh, kids an option to either be at home or be, you know, in the school again, because they were they did take away that option from the schools, from some of the schools. But um, some of these kids, you know, it's mm-hmm. a it's a handful of handful of them. I know within the past week who have gotten COVID in one school for sure. But the thing about it is they're too young to take the vaccine because they're in elementary school. Yeah. Um, you know, the, you know, the, they don't have a vaccine for kids yet. They just have one, well, not, not like little ones. I mean, like, you know, you got your teenagers and stuff. They, they, they've mm-hmm. allowed a vaccine for that, but little kids um, don't have that yet. So if for anything, think about your kids and think about the little ones, think about your, you know, the future of this generation mm-hmm. who's, yeah. Uh, who sick and uh, you know if it's if it's problem for adults can you imagine what these kids probably going through too yeah definitely uh-huh. and i think the delta the delta variant is more prone to the younger generation too like you know mm-hmm. younger kids um younger teens young adults and stuff too so you know that's something to you know really be on look at i know they they said towards the end of this year that pfizer is supposed to be um um letting people know if it's safe for kids to actually take because i think they're in the testing phase of it right now well testing on a couple mm-hmm. kids so Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. It's, 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 how how old do you think they would go back? You know, I'm thinking. What do you think? Like five, six? I mean, because I mean, I, I mean, I would say, I would say maybe five, six. I mean, I think that would be the optimal age. I mean, but you know, you sit there, you kind of think about, it, you know, is a five, six year old really gonna know what you know what's going on with the virus and you know what's going on with the vaccine? Mm-hmm. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like that. I mean, it's, it's of course it's gonna be consent on the parents to take it, but I mean. Right. Yeah, you know, I I don't know if a five to six year old kid is really going to sit there and understand the parameters of really taking this vaccine, and then right. you know going out and doing you know regular things. You know they might be under the impression you know at such a young age that you know once they got the vaccine you know oh it's the cure I can go out and do my own thing. You know I don't I don't know especially with the people's mindset you know the kids nowadays and COVID in general like you know the parents might tell them you know you got the vaccine you know go go free willy nilly so you know I mean I. I think it'll be a good response because I mean at the end of the day, you know, kids get vaccinated all the time, they get shots all the time. So I don't think it'll be an issue. I think it's just more so the issue of, you know, when it comes from the parents side of things, you know, letting those kids do whatever they want. So yeah, and, be an issue. Yeah. And I, I mean I get it because, you know, you're putting something that is not uh normal, you know, for the body into a you know to your child because it's one thing for you but now you're thinking about your child too so yeah and then they have underdeveloped systems so yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah and yeah you're right you're right yeah and you know you're putting something that's that's not you know not usually in your supposed to be in your body but you Mm -hmm. know also too you know people i think i think you said it or somebody else said it where they were saying you know that uh you know people saying well that's not you know, they taking these vaccines and stuff like that, but then and then new science pops up. You know, when you see you hear like, 
well, that's not what you told us before to do. I'm mean, like, yeah, because stuff continually evolves. You know, we're evolving in this situation. We don't, mm-hmm. new information is popping up. Uh, and we, we got to, you know, take the new information as it is because this is all different. This is new. This is something that we haven't um, come across before. But I did, I made a, a comment a few weeks ago. Uh, I think it was on this show. I was saying, you know, but you got to think of it like this. We've gotten COVID was a thing back in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are now March of last year, 2020. It is now August of uh, 2021. We have, you know, had COVID. We have found a, a somewhat of a cure for it or somewhat, you know, a, a, a way of fighting um, against it. We have, mm-hmm. we have found ways to fight against it. And it's only been a year and a half. Think about how many uh, different uh, diseases we've had over the course of, you know, the past several hundred years yeah. and how long it took us to get to where we need to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we haven't, you know, it's not going to be 100 percent right away, but we have probably I'm pretty sure we've saved lives through this vaccine as well. Uh, so it's not, you know, it's not 100 percent, but we're better off having, you know, 70, 80, 90 percent um of it helping and and it being you know nothing you know i'd rather have something than nothing to fight against this thing um so yeah it's 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 best something's better than nothing at this point so yeah and then especially because you know you also have the population out there that's only taking one shot you know other than two doses is needed too so i mean even that still helps a little bit even though i would recommend you might you know you're halfway there you might as well finish the other half but you know i mean it's still some better some better than nothing you know so and it's it's not uh and if you if you do what the doctors tell you you shouldn't have any issues. I mean, I when I had got mine, uh, all they told me was pop some Tylenol before you go to bed and you should be straight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I did exactly that, and all I had was a sore. I'm not. It's going to affect the people in different ways. I know Dakar, you had a time with yours, but mm, you know yeah. it's going to it's going to pop. It's going to it's going to affect people different ways. Thankfully, I didn't have to deal with that. Um, you know, but mm-hmm. I've, I've heard of some very severe situations, but if you can get over that first hump, um, you should be fine. So, um, just, just do the best you can for what, you know, to help the, not only you, but your, your family, more so mm-hmm. your family, just be unselfish. That's like, like I've said a million times, be unselfish in this situation. This is not all, you know, all about you. This is about your kids. This is about your family members, it's about your mom or grandmama, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So yeah, just just uh, be mindful of that. So yeah, I remember when I got uh, my vaccination. I definitely, you know, when I got it at first, I felt, you know, when I got the first shot, I felt fine, like nothing happened to me. You know, it was easy. Um, I got the second shot for about until that night, I felt pretty good. And then I remember going into the night, I had um, I had a little bit of a headache, uh, I had some chills. Um, you know, I was, I was really going through it. I was, I was a little bit fatigued too. The next day after that, it felt, I felt horrible. You know, I was really going through the motions. I didn't want to do anything. Like it felt like, you know, I came down with a bad case of the flu. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I had, luckily I took, uh, took, you know, a little, uh, what is it called? Emergency. Um, I drank a little soup, mm-hmm. took a little bit of meds and, um, I ended up okay fairly often, but I will say, you know, that was, it was, it was a pretty bad experience for me. It wasn't anything that I couldn't handle. wasn't used to. I mean, you know, right. it, it, it just felt like, you know, one of those situations where I got the flu and then I was just down bad. But other than that, I mean, I felt all right, but it wasn't one of those things that I would, 
you know, wish upon anyone because I definitely did feel the effects of it. But I mean, you know, I guess that means it was really working. So I've been told. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, still for the incentive of that, though, everyone, I, you know, just, you know, consider getting the shot if you haven't already. Um, try to get the shot, you know, just stay on your P's and Q's when it comes to this COVID stuff. You know, it's it's going to be a long mm-hmm. haul, but it'll be a long haul together. So but yeah, just keep Absolutely. that in mind. Um, on, on to some, some more, uh, stuff that we're going to get into today on the podcast. I want to get into some that I actually saw this weekend when I went on a trip. So this weekend I went on a trip up North, um, during my trip up North, coming back down home, I went down to Washington DC to the Capitol. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, of course I went originally, I went to go see the Smithsonian museum. Well, originally before let, let me be truthful with this story. Originally, I went to go see the Black History Museum in Washington, but then they had ran out of free guest passes during the day, and that was closed. So then I was going to go to see the Smithsonian. Uh, We got down to Washington, D.C., and, you know, the Smithsonian outside had a long line. They wrapped around the museum. So, you know, we we weren't going to do that. So then we ended up going to the um, American, not the American, but the Indian um, Museum in Washington, D.C., you know, it was, it was a pretty cool exhibit, but um, as I'm walking through there with me, my girlfriend and her friend, and we're sitting there reading the exhibits and everything, you know, I, you know, I don't know if you've ever been, Tyrone. Have you been before? I'm trying to go, uh, where, where, you know, I'm trying to make, because I was trying to go a couple couple months ago, mm-hmm. but I was seeing online that, you know, the tickets, they were sold out, so I might, I might just have to you saying that you were able to get in there? Yeah. Um, so if you if you go, I think it just kind of depends on which one because I know for the okay. Black History one. Yeah, I just, that's um, the one I wanted to get to. Yeah, that's Black History one, one definitely. To. You need you need to get those tickets beforehand. The like yeah, reserve yeah. pass things. You need to get those like beforehand, like weeks beforehand. No, not um, like months beforehand because they they were months away from sold out. Like I remember I was looking into them mm-hmm. uh, back in like June or May or June and the next month the whole entire next month was sold out so yeah that's yeah. one of them you gotta jump on them right away so definitely it's a pretty popular one too because you know I went Joe Biden and it was it was packed out mm. and then um Smithsonian if you want to get into there I don't think uh I don't think it's as as packed out I mean the Smithsonian is the Smithsonian but I don't think it was as as packed out but I mean, you still need to get the little passes to get up in there. But for the American, um, the not American, I keep saying American, but for the Indian Museum one, all you had to do, like we just walked up in there, like dude, you know, just told us keep your mask on, social distance, and we just walked straight up in there. It was pretty cool. Okay. But um, as we were walking through there, I read a lot of stories about the different, you know, things that happened to the Indians. Of course, we learned it all through school and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of this stuff is kind of general knowledge. But as I read some more about the stuff that's going on back in the day with those Indians, man, it was a lot of treaties that went on back in the day with those Indians. And I felt that it was it was to my need that I need to bring this to the podcast, because as I'm reading these treaties, it was a bunch of whole treaties with Europeans and, you know, how Washington came over and, you know, the Civil War, not a Civil War, but the um, Revolutionary War and all that stuff was going on. And then you have the Spanish over here and different countries essentially taking land from the Indians. And I just sit there and I think about like, wow, like, you know, me and my girlfriend are sitting there thinking about this, like, cause nine times out of 10, how all those stories ended was that the Europeans ended up betraying the Indians and more than likely the Indians were sitting there trying to help. Well, not more than likely. And all the stories that I read in that museum for the most part, 
it was where you know the indians were trying to make peaceful you know reconciliation with the settlers coming over there um they were trying to more so teach them things trying to work out negotiations for land um and basically just trying to be on some cool vibes type stuff and it was all violated by greed and um you know just power hungry and money hungry uh europeans coming over here and so you know me and my girlfriend were sitting there thinking about it because you know we're in the museum you know we're looking around us and mainly everyone around us is like you know white and so we're sitting there thinking about it, like you know do you know as they're going through this exhibit you know and i went in the the thing is the thought came to my mind is because we were standing beside uh this one dude and his friends and you know every time after he would read uh an exhibit or well it wasn't really well i guess you can classify it as an exhibit but every time he would read like an exhibit or anything going on with the indians the man would chuckle and laugh and we would just look over at him and like mm, you know what, what are you laughing at bro and like you know literally you know how the museum flow goes like you know everyone gets in line everyone follows behind each other you know everyone takes time to read look at the exhibit and then they go about their day to the next one you know kind of in an orderly mm-hmm. fashion mm-hmm. so we were behind this man he just you know he would read something like oh <laughs> and start laughing and I'll be like, yeah. And then I go back and read it, and it'd be something like, oh, you know, the the Native Americans, you know, got wiped out, you know, by you know this treaty here got violated by you know the settlers, and they came in and wiped them out and provoked the war and da 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 da. And I just sit there and think, like, you know, if if you know my people was responsible for so much, uh, you know, mass, uh, I guess you could say genocide or takeover or whatever you want to call it you know how would you feel being that you know being that person that comes from that culture or that that culture is inspired from like how would you feel with that culture you know being as you know devastating to the indians as it may have been back in that time how does it feel to read that stuff and like go back like me and my girlfriend were sitting there talking about like do they feel guilty do they feel bad about that like how would you feel like obviously i think the dude in front of us you know thought it was pretty damn hilarious you know he left he laughed at every damn thing that was in front of him but mm-hmm. you know i wonder just how on the other end of the spectrum how does that feel to read stuff like that and like does it really does it really do any justice because now i guess what i'm leading to with this conversation and this backstory from uh, my past weekend is that you know our museums do museums actually hold any value anymore and when i say that is what when i say that is what i mean is that um you know, people hold these museums and, you know, there's always the saying that, you know, we keep history, you know, going so we can remember not to do it again. Right. Mm-hmm. But the thing was is that a lot of stuff that's, you know, happened to the Indians where they were taken to concentration camps, they were driven from their homes, uh, they were stripped of their culture, they were captured and families and children were separated. They made sure that the children were separated, um, you know, from their parents so they could teach them, you know, Christianity um teach them um what else they teach them teach them their way of english teach them their you know cultural beliefs and stuff like that you know Mm -hmm. and i just sit there and i think about it like you know we we keep things like that in museum to make sure that we don't repeat history but you know as i look at it you know a couple years later that that was the case with you know african americans when we came over here on the boat you know that was the case with us you know we were stripped you know of our of our teachings of our culture you know Mm -hmm. we didn't you know, have anyone to sit there and help us out. Essentially, you know, we were driven out of our land, captured, came over here, put on a plantation, told us what to do, how to do it, you know, when to do it, was given a whole different culture, you know, took away from ours, basically took our identity. And even today, you know, you could say that's happening down at the border with the parents and their children, 
you know, getting separated, you know, when they're trying to come across the border to try to get a better life, you know, they're basically being separated from their families and, you know, being held in these detention cells until, you know, something happens, you know, to them, you know, God knows can, you know, only know what happens at that border. But, you know, I just, you know, I was sitting there thinking about it as I'm going through the exhibit. I'm like, you know, do museums really hold any value anymore? Because the point of the, to read this stuff is to make sure that it doesn't happen again and to learn from our history and, you know, not make the mistakes again. But it seems like that we're making a lot of the same mistakes over the course well, of history as it goes. So well, I just wonder, guys, go ahead. Uh, no, I, well, I was just going to, um, just to, I don't want to stop you right there, but keep you on, you keep going, but you got to think about it too. Uh, when, Trump was uh, going during his election. What was his slogan? Make America great again. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we're trying to not repeat. You just said it. You don't want to repeat the same mistakes uh, beforehand that we Mm -hmm. did beforehand. Now, uh, I'm not saying that uh, his slogan means uh, that. Because you can you can take that in a, in a total in a few different ways what he was saying in that statement. Now mm-hmm. some people might say it as make it great again, meaning that was Europeans um, the whites uh, superior over blacks mm-hmm. because you know blacks you know we have we have been a very important part of this country not not only us but the Latinos and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the my, minorities uh, we've been very. Uh, influential in this country uh and i'm pretty sure uh you know with that slogan a lot of people took it as we want to make this country great for us like we want to be uh take over as being the dominant uh dominant race or dominant um they you know they see a lot of us a lot of them see us as you know animals and monkeys and stuff like that they don't see us mm-hmm. they see us as less than so yeah. um when you would say something like that, uh, you said, do they hold any weight? They don't hold as much weight anymore because they don't take those things seriously. They don't like that guy was laughing because he doesn't because because he, he likes that type of he wants that back <laughs> yeah. in a way. You know, he want he likes that. He, he's laughing at it because he likes it. You know what I mean? So he, he sees himself mm-hmm. as better than anybody else because of just because of the pigment of his skin. Um, that's mm-hmm. And that has nothing to do with the intelligence of a man, but your skin color yeah. uh, to a lot of people think that they, they are more than, or they're above you just because of the skin. And if you really break it down. Hold on, Tyrone. Uh, yeah. You ought to cut out a little bit. Hold on. You ought to still cut out a little bit, Tyrone. Sorry for, sorry for the, uh, the audio delay guys we're still hashing out a couple of the kinks oh yeah yeah it said it was unstable but it's cool uh right, to yeah, go back I was we're like, back guys never good no we're good so it was just, i was just saying uh how it was you know you gotta think about it people you know see your your color as a a way of of um you know how smart you are and what you can do and what you can't do and it's very stupid to think about once you really say it out loud but that's what this this country has been saying for for hundreds and hundreds of years thousands you know hundreds not, not thousands but hundreds of years yeah. uh you know so that's that's just just the mentality that was been that, that he has uh the guy that you saw at the museum so yeah. i mean you know that's that's just what they think um, is is good to have those to not go back, but people mm-hmm. see it the opposite way. They see it as the glass half empty. They they don't they don't want this. They want to go back to where it used to be in a way. 
Not necessarily. You know, Go ahead. You know, you know what this reminds me of? I don't know if you remember this or not, but you remember a couple of months ago where there was a show on, on Amazon about yep. um it was kind of like Jordan Peele esque, but it was like about a black family back in like I think like it was like sixties or seventies or something around there. Yeah, I think you you had talked about it on the show not too uh you know a couple months ago, but yeah, reiterate it because it's been a while. Yeah, so basically the show was I mean you've seen Get Out and Us right like the mm-hmm. Jordan Peele movies, so it was on uh, the same type of vibe as that, and uh, the creators of the show were all white men. And essentially, Amazon had it on their um, streaming service, but they re- they had pulled it, you know, about maybe a week or two later after some backlash, you know, from from us, you know, black people saying that basically it was depicting, um, you know, times back then, you know, it was basically making black torture enjoyable. Mm. Well, I'm not going to say enjoyable. It was basically depicting black horror and traumas that was done to us as something as entertainment and tv you know tv food and you know something for the public to watch when you know on the other end of the spectrum for us black people watching it was more traumatic than anything because these things actually happened to us Mm -hmm. and you know the the white you know creators of the show have basically said well you know you guys need to you know look about it look at it like this like you know we're gonna keep making this show because we think that people need to know about this and we think that, you know, it's important that this stays relevant so it doesn't happen again. And on the other end of the spectrum, you know, us as Black people are like, you know, we don't need to go through these traumas again. We've already been through it one time. And on top of that, we're not trying to spark any more people to do anything like this and give ideas to people. So I kind of wonder, and going back to the guy who was laughing at the exhibit, you know, when you have exhibits up like that and you have depictions of what, you know, of what happened back in those days, like I remember, and I had posted it on the, without boundaries pot um instagram page um it was saying basically how they had taken you know how to you know make a culture basically uh shook up was to you know strip them of everything they know and love and you know take them away from their family and friends and you know start implementing different mindsets and stuff like that so i wonder when you know you go through and you know people see these certain exhibits you know is it really doing this justice by you know we keeping this history relevant so that it won't happen again or is it embarking and sparking more ideas because that dude mm-hmm. could have been laughing at that stuff because like yeah he's like you know like you said like he's looking at a glass half full type aspect like yeah you know we we did this back then guess what we're gonna do now like me and my girlfriend had the conversation and like yo it's crazy because the indians probably thought at one point that like yo we're gonna be around forever we're gonna be good money you know this is our land and everything we can probably be cool with these people now look at them you know most of them if not you know a good portion of all the tribes have honestly been wiped out and you know the ones that do remain are on small you know indian reservations and even then they're still battling discrepancies with the government over those reservations because the reservations are either poorly funded poorly taken care of or they're not as plentiful as they once were back in the day and it's honestly not enough for the indians to really hold you know their home on and have a traditional aspect to once they once they had before you know Mm -hmm. and me and my girlfriend were like yo isn't it crazy because you know they probably had the mindset of like yo we're gonna be good with these people now think about with black people i mean essentially we could we could we could be on the same type of time as them you know like if you really think about it you know we could be on the aspect of something crazy happening to all of us to where 
people are gonna go to museums later on and be like, yo, that's crazy. They they really wore around here, huh? Now they're gone, and now this landed. Like, yeah, I feel like we're we're somewhat in that position now, especially with like the police brutality and stuff that's going on, and the crazy acts of racism that we see on a day to day basis, just based off people just normally living their lives as black people. Like, yo, you could you could say that honestly, we're on the same type of time, hopefully preventable time, but we're on the same type of time that you know the Indians were back on back then, where they were basically coming in and being you know, manhandled by people who felt differently because of the color of their skin and who they were as a people. Yeah, it's like an underlying uh, current of not everyone. I mean, I don't want to say, but there's, there's several yeah. people that would like to see us as as the black people as um that are not white uh, to, you know, basically off each other or mm-hmm. kill each other, you know, kill each other. Or they kill us, you know, black on black crime. They looking at that like y'all stupid, y'all killing each other. But in reality, some of the people don't, they, they rather us be that way. Um, yeah. so that, you know, cause they, they rather have it, uh, you know, be so, you know, so they can be the majority of it. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't want to go, I was told you about this, the car, you know, I saw a movie that irritated the mess out of me, you know, you know, those purge movies, um mm-hmm. the uh, the one that was the first purge you know mm-hmm. there's some reality to some of that stuff they were talking because in the um in the movie the first purge they started that whole um thing off in the in, in the, the uh, in the black community yeah and the crazy thing was is that other than one person uh the rest of the when they when they wanted to do that uh do that uh that that uh the thing with the purge and everything like that the black people didn't want to do it they were having parties out there so they infiltrated the government infiltrated and had it started killing people and so yeah. that start that sparked the that sparked the purge in all those movies and i was just like wow how much is it really reality there a lot of their mindsets you know are you know to see us uh would they rather us just kill each other off like that you know you got yeah. how deep that stuff really is and uh, you got to think about it too like these movies are inspired by real life thoughts and things that people want to happen like imaginations that people you know conjure yeah, up too so like i mean you know i i remember seeing that and you know i honestly we can take a little minute to have a movie corner on the without boundaries uh podcast mm-hmm. real quick too because there's a couple movies that we can draw a little symbolism between too um mm-hmm. but going back to that first purge movie i do remember watching that one um where it was in the black community i think it wasn't like it was on um was it Stanley Stanley? island Staten Island, yeah. yeah. It was on Staten Island. And I remember yeah. watching it and I was like, yo, this is this is kind of crazy. Cause you know, I, I love the purge series. Yeah. You know, I, I I seen the like very first movie where it had the um it had the dude, the black dude who was running down the street and he found refuge in the yeah. house. And then, you know, he ended up protecting the family up in there. And I, mm-hmm. I remember seeing the very first one. And going mm-hmm. back to that one that they had made about, you know, how the purge had first started and everything. And I was looking at that like, yo, you know, my first thought, too, was the same thing. Like, you know, why is it why is it in the ghetto, man? Why? Why? Why is it just the black people? And, you know, they yeah. talk about how poor the black people were and how it was. Crime and they tried to pay them off. Yeah. yeah. And they try to pay them off. And like, yo, you know, if y'all do this, you know, we can go ahead and give you a little bread here and there. And ultimately. And you you can definitely draw some symbolism like this. So in the movie The Purge, right, they send in the government to basically spark the purge and make people think like, oh, this group did it here and this group did it there, and you know basically depend people against each other. And what happened during those um protests during uh, was it last summer or the summer before last? I forget. No, it was the last summer. What happened during those protests? 
it was a couple of undercover cops and a couple of undercover people who worked for the government. I'm not going to say directly for the government, but it was a couple of, you know, rogue people out there who are government affiliated, who had their own interest in mind, who were sent out into the crowd to basically act like they were part of the protest and basically have it pinned on black people. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, the way the, the public opinion and media is now portrayed nowadays and how the majority looks at us, they were like, you know what, they're out there looting and they're out there rioting and they're out there breaking all this and shooting all that and causing all this damage. And whole time, it really isn't us at the end of the day. It was people trying to put the blame on us. And right. I think, you know, what I, and what I come to do when I watch a lot of movies now is I always try to draw some type of realism for it. Like, I enjoy the movie, don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. there's always some to- some sort of realism in a movie nowadays when it's made. Like, I feel like, you know, when you watch an episode of The Simpsons or South Park and they'll talk about some, like, some real-life stuff that's going on right now, like how mm-hmm. The Simpsons predicted Trump's presidency and predicting a woman as president. I don't know when that might happen, but it will probably happen. But mm-hmm. Or um, when South Park talks about COVID and how it started and how it came from this animal and all this different stuff and how they be depicting things to be going on, but you know how Hollywood is always going to depict what's actually going on in the world in TV because, you know, if people outright came out and talked about it, then you'd be, you know, mass hysteria. A lot of people would call that person or call that organization or whatever crazy, but Hollywood has a great way of depicting what's going on in the world right in front of your eyes to the point where mm-hmm. you don't even realize it's going on because it's, it's, it's Hollywood. It's a TV show or a movie. Yeah. Yeah, they get they they're getting these uh you know they talk a lot of times when you hear directors they talk to experts in certain situations you know mm-hmm. there there are people who they not not saying on everything but you know you get a lot of uh these movies and they have experts in just to make sure the movie is as real as possible so they yeah. are getting somewhat of information probably not you know top secret government information but you get ideas and spark ideas because because the people you're talking to as well. You know what I mean? So you're not you're not getting them out of thin air, like you said. So. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is you know what makes these people experts? You know what makes these people so specialized in it too? Y'all got to think about that too. You know what, what type of background and what type of stuff that they, have they been thinking to why they're an expert now? You know, so when I watched that Purge movie, I sat there and I thought about like, yo, that's actually crazy that this is how it started it basically started with the government trying to basically it's like how the crack epidemic was back in what like the 70s 80s you know they put some crack in the absolutely um, put crack in the community bought the black community down you know at the end of the day the crack epidemic you know ravaged the black community it's the same type of concept the only thing is they changed out the drug with a person and it different Mm -hmm. it was a population decree they were they said it was we were overpopulating uh the country so they tried to find a way an experiment to um to depopulate, you know, what was going on and who would they go to for the minorities, Mm -hmm. uh, the black community, because the whites, the white uh, people didn't see it, you know, the rich, and it was the rich, huh? I said, say it with your chest, Tyrone. I'm sorry. I didn't, (laughs) you know, the rich uh, white community were the ones in charge of the uh, purge, um, and they were calling all the shots and, uh, (laughs) the you know they they targeted the black community to depopulate so yeah. that's 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 what i got from it so they you know they saw us as a you know we were overpopulating the area so we they took they tried to take us out yeah and the thing is i don't know if you have you seen all the purge movies yep i just finished the, uh, the newest one uh last week I, yep. see, I haven't seen that one yet but I, I i remember seeing the one where it was another 
it was another situation where it was like I think like a black daughter and she had a daughter and their dad was like a store owner or something. Yeah, that was uh I can't remember, but that was the presidential the one presidential um, election. Last, yeah, the election that was the um, election the year. Time, yeah, election year. That was the, the timeline with the with the girl. She finally um did away with the purge. Well, for temporarily because a new one kind of you know I ain't gonna say I ain't gonna spoil it for you, but yeah. So <laughs> mm, I got you. So yeah, <laughs> so, and then like even that, and you know, her dad sacrificed himself to make ends meet to the white family, and the the white family found pleasure in killing a black man. So it was just like, you know, stuff like that. If we're really trying to sit there and, you know, censor and kind of, you know, control what's being depicted or not in the world, I think when it comes to this type of violence upon black people, then Hollywood needs to do a little bit better job of that. You know, they're just putting what's already in front of our face on that. But you got to think about, like I said, back to the to the whole instance of the Amazon show that I was telling you all about and the dude in the, the museum, you know, they people keep watching this and they get inspired by this type of stuff. They're like, oh, you know, excuse my language, but they think, oh, shit, I can go ahead and do this. You know, I I can go ahead and muster up some craziness now. I done got some ideas from these shows. And nine times out of ten, you know, they sit there and they do what they see on TV. It's like how people used to say back in the day, you know, kids play a bad video game all day. They're going to emulate the behavior. It's the same type yeah. of concept. Yeah. Remember the uh, back in, I want to say it was about eight years ago uh, when the Dark Knight Rises came out and the the. the the, oh, the, the Sandy guy, Hook shooting? Yeah, with the guy who sh- just shot up the, the movie theater mm-hmm. uh, because of the stuff, you know, he was mentally ill. He was, you know, he watched the Joker, uh, you know, well, I won't say that was, a, you know, but I'm pretty, he was mentally ill. He sparked, and I think uh, those that, you know, that Dark Knight movie kind of sparked something where he was shooting. Uh, he shot up the people watching the Dark Knight Rises movie. So, yeah, that, uh, I forgot where exactly. Uh, man, it's been like eight years, but I feel like it was just yesterday. Mm. But yeah, you know, they, they, you know, these people are getting these uh, ideas from, you know, from somewhere. So, yeah, but yeah, no. continue. I'm sorry. No, you're absolutely right. They're getting it from somewhere. And then this is like how a whole instance starts where it's like a, a whole bunch of trauma being set on the people because of what people see in these in these shows and these movies and stuff like that. Like, yo, y'all, y'all got to be mindful. Like, you know, everything has an influence on a human mind, bro. Someone can't just sit there and watch something and not be influenced. Like I can't sit there and watch a basketball game and not want to go hoop afterwards. Like that's mm-hmm. not how it works. You know, hey, you know, we're influential creatures at the end of the day. And I feel like when some of this stuff is made, it's not taking consideration how it's going to have an effect on the person that's being portrayed in the movie, the person who's the victim in the movie and, you know, everything else in between. Like, you know, that that's part of the reason why we have some crazy instances like, you know, what happened back then where the movie theater got shut up, shot up and these schools being shot up and all that, you know, y'all, y'all have to be more mindful of this stuff. So, you know, like I said, going back to that whole museum aspect of things, you know, I think, you know, it's one of those questions where, and I had a discrepancy with the museum because I feel like they portrayed the American side just as much as they portrayed the Indian side. And for this to be dedicated to the Indians, I think mm-hmm. that there should have been less American stuff in there and more Indian stuff in there in regards to, I get how you're telling two sides of the same story, which is, I mean, it's good that you're doing that, but I think that there needs to be more celebration of Indian life within the museum. You know, don't just dedicate a museum to one culture and then split it 50, 50 with what's going on, you know, to the people who took them over, you know, that I don't think that that's right. That's like saying, you know, we have a black history museum, but we're going to talk about all the slave masters and what did they do in their day jobs 
while they were away from their slaves. Like we we don't want to read that. Who cares about that? So I feel like it's one of those aspects. And I just I just wonder, you know, our museums and stuff like that, you, you know, we can do a broader scope to where even, you know, some TV shows, I'm not going to say all, because some, you know, there's some damn good TV shows out there that actually portrayed in the right way that, you know, is all promotion of, you know, a culture. But, you know, do museums actually hold any weight when it comes to, you know, telling the history and telling it the right way? Because, you know, everything's influenced at the end of the day because, you know, everything is whitewashed. You know, well, you gotta also think of it too. We're we're a, we're a culture, not a culture, but a, a society who who likes drama. So, uh, yeah, we we you know we're talking about you know how they, you know, we had a culture of Indians and stuff like that, but they also know that they like the drama of it. Like, yeah, this is what happened to them too. Mm. Um, so it's not just we can't. Um, they know that even though we like the positive, you know. Why do they was was on the news ninety five percent of the time negative? So yeah. uh, they know what drives ratings. They know what drives ticket sales. So um, that's just the way this. Unfortunately, um, I mean, you can't turn on CNN. I bet you seventy five percent of the time, if not more, you'll see on CNN, ABC, NBC something negative. Yeah, because they know that's what's going to keep your attention. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not you know, not the stuff that the you know people do in the communities that spark. They do it sometimes, but that's not on the regular. What you see, you'll see shootings, you'll see robberies, you'll see car accidents. You they see what drives the uh, the consumer. I mean, the, the person who watches it, they know what gives you ratings. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not a lot of positive stuff. It's a lot of negative stuff. So yeah, well, that's one thing that we definitely got to change is the influence on anything, but. We're not any TV executives, and so until we make it to that, until we make it to that standard, I, I guess we're just gonna keep talking about it. <laughs> but um, on to some Olympic news. So recently, um, Simone Biles is actually committed back to doing um, one part of the Olympics, and that's actually doing the balance beam portion of the gymnastics uh, section within the Olympics. Um, recently, she had quit on her team. Well, she—I'm not gonna say quit. She had uh, said that she was gonna take. Um, a little bit of a mental hiatus for herself, which, you know, definitely promote mental health and everything. Um, so she didn't do the team um, gymnastics at all, um, you know, with her squad. I believe she didn't do her solo, her solo gymnastics um, routine either because of the twisties. Um, but anyways, um, Simone Biles had received a lot of backlash for her taking her own mental hiatus and just kind of, you know, you know, caring about Simone. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about that because I feel like, you know, she was honestly, you know, just doing what any regular human being wants to do. You know, she wants to take time for herself, you know, after a long day of work. I'm pretty sure everyone has been to this point before. But, you know, everyone, you know, comes home after a long day of work. They sit there think about how stressful and long their day was. And they're like, you know, I just want to kind of take a little moment. You know, sometimes I might want to call out tomorrow if I need to call out because maybe I get overwhelmed. You know, it happens. And I don't think it was fair of her to receive any type of backlash about that. I don't think it was fair of her, not fair of her, but fair of anyone to sit there and judge her for her own decision. And I kind of think that, you know, in all honesty, you know, when it comes to the sports section of things, because there's been a lot of athletes that want to sit there and take their own mental illnesses, is that I understand that people pay to watch these people. And, you know, ultimately, you know, a lot of competitions, you know, are revolved around these people you know, doing their thing and, you know, it getting hyped up that way. But y'all got to realize that these athletes are also people too, you know, you can't sit there and expect, 
you know, someone to just, you know, be fine and go through their norms of, you know, what maybe going through their life, you know, every day and, you know, come to their job, you know, willy nilly. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure everyone's had that moment where they've been through their job and they haven't been as effective as they once were because of what's going on in their own lives. So I think we owe um, Simone Biles a little bit more of uh, an apology as a whole, you know, rather than, you know, sitting there trying to ride her. And you got to also think of it too, like just remember um, that her and a lot of her teammates were involved in a sexually abused scandal that happened several years ago Mm -hmm. uh, with the doctor, the team doctor, uh, Larry Nasser, I think his name was, who's in jail right now because of the uh, sick stuff that he was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you got to think of how much of a mental toll did that take on not only her but the females that were around her um no you you just don't know you you gotta think of it too like you know a lot of people when they're in that type of atmosphere they have flashbacks or they have really bad um you know moments ptsd ptsd yeah so you know for her to even just be still doing what she's doing is you know is amazing uh, you, you know, a lot of people probably wouldn't even do that. Some of the women aren't doing it anymore. And it's, you know, I'm not saying this because of that. It, it may be, that might be a reason uh, because mm-hmm. of that. But that, you know, something like that, that, that traumatic that's happened to those young ladies at such a young age, uh, it's, it's got to, you know, have his issues, give you mental issues and stuff like that. Um, you know, you know, think of rape victims and stuff like that. Anything dealing with sexual abuse is a female who you, who you feel vulnerable uh, yeah. in situations, oh, you know, uh, you gotta, you gotta think of mental, what it could take a toll on. Then you got the pressure, um, that of these athletes, um, I'm thinking of Naomi and I'm thinking of, you know, uh, you know, these other athletes, uh, you know, like Kevin Love and, uh, you know, I think DeMar DeRozan said he had mental health issues. I'm trying to remember yeah, some other did. one. Yeah. So, you, you know, know, Kyrie talking about personal days for him too. Kyrie taking some time off for him mm-hmm. uh, because of pressure and stuff like that. And you just need a mental break because it's a, it's a nonstop 24 seven. You're in front of the cameras. Uh, you, a lot of nine times out of 10, especially if you're one of these superstars, uh, you, you know, you don't get a break. Um, that's why, you know, guys like, you know, LeBron, um, who's in front of the camera, he, you know, his mentally, he's probably got to be one of the strongest dude because he's, he's constantly in front of the camera. KD, he gets a lot of flack for what he says to people, but at the end of the day, he's human too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, you know, he's not going to hold back, you know, he's only, but so much he's going to take as an individual. I think, you know, me personally, I, I, I wouldn't do some of the stuff he's done, but I can't, I completely understand it too. And, you know, yeah. you're still human too. There's only, but so much mess you're going to take as a, in, 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 as an individual. Um, and that stuff, you know, uh, to get back to what she was, you know, Simone, you know, that mental mentally, mm-hmm. that's gotta, that's gotta, you know, a lot of things, you got a lot of things that could possibly going on. She ain't gotta tell everybody her business. They just know dealing with mental health. So yeah, definitely don't. Little, and that's so. something that, you know, we, especially in the black community neglect is mental health too. You know, mental health is something to, you know, really take into consideration and honestly take seriously because you can never know what type of traumas that someone's been through. You can never know what type of background, you know, that person comes from and honestly what type of experience they may be going through in that exact moment. So, you know, that's something that, you know, we all have to take in consideration when we're thinking about, you know, belittling and, you know, trying to sit there and talk down on people is that, you know, we we really don't know what's what's going on in their heads. We don't know what's going on in their lives except for our own lives. So, you know, we just have to be be very cautious and be very aware. And absolutely. And the thing about it too is we have to keep in mind this is just 
a game. Yeah. We, we, I mean, we, we take these Olympics and we, you know, sports is a big part of this culture and a big part is that, you know, of our, of our country and a pretty big part of the world. And we take it and we, we can go far with it. people, you know, people get to fighting over teams and getting fighting Cowboys versus, you know, you know, the, the, the Giants or Cowboys, they call them the Redskins, but now they're watching the football team, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, on two sides of the coin here, you know, they, they treat it like gangs almost sometimes, <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, you know, a lot of times we, we, we affiliate sports with like war, you know, we're going to war for our team and stuff like that. Oh, it's just a game. Let's, let's keep it, keep it real. Let's keep it in the right perspective that the, at the end of the day, these people are going home um, to live, try to live a normal life, which is, you know, probably pretty hard, but um, at the end of the day, just, they're not going to war. They're not trying to save somebody's life. They're playing a sport that they're gifted in mm-hmm. uh, to entertain us. Now, they're human, just like us. They wake up every day just like us. They have mental issues just like us. They have more mental issues probably than we do because, like I said, they're in front of the camera. They're in front of the public eye. But so much there's only but so much public eye you probably, as a person, can probably take. Uh, yeah. I know that money's good, but sometimes you just want to tell them, even though they're probably smiling your face, like, you know what, get out of my face, please. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> they want to tell you that. So, yeah. Yeah. So... Speaking of, um, you know, how we're uh, we're we're a culture driven by, you know, sports, competitiveness and drama and everything, Um, especially in this community. um, I think that uh, when it comes to black athletes and sports, we're expected to be perfect and we're expected to just kind of, you know, I know LeBron had coined the coined the saying, but just shut up and dribble or shut up and just play your sport um, and not really speaking out on, you know, these type of mental traumas or what's going on in people's lives, especially in the black community. Um, so recently I was actually listening to a podcast, uh, the breakfast club podcast um, a couple of weeks ago. And then even recently, I think it was, um, and I want to make sure I get the name right, but uh, I think it was um, St- um, straight talk, no chaser um, with Tesla and Figaro and then Ebony K Williams, she was on there. And then I believe Ebony K Williams was actually on. Uh, well, I don't believe I know she was cause I listened to it. Um, when the episode dropping even a couple of days ago, but maybe about seven, eight episodes, but Ebony K Williams was, um, she's on the real housewives of New York and she's actually in addition to the cast, but, um, she's had a lot of um, moments on the show where she basically came on to the breakfast club and said that, you know, she's came to the point in life where she's, you know, unapologetically herself and even more so unapologetically black on the show when it comes to, you know, any type of racial reckoning that they have to talk about on the show. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I even remember her talking about that, you know, we as black people, we kind of hold hold a mirror in front of ourselves to where some of us can be unapologetically black and be ourselves and not feeling type of way. And then some of us as black people may feel some type of way about, you know, others being unapologetically black. Like, 